What is up, you guys? My name is Sabrina, and I get to be one of the hosts for this podcast on fire. For those who are coming in for the first time, and for those who are um, um, coming back, I'm so excited, so thankful, so stoked, and so grateful that you guys are tuning in for today's episode because we are in part two of this message series titled Examples of Obedience. Now, for those who have no idea what this concept is or what the idea is for this message series um it's pretty much self-explanatory it's in the title examples of obedience i'll be sharing examples stories from the bible and um just talking more in depth about the person's story how they grew up their life and how more importantly how their obedience to god was very very an important role in their walk with christ now i feel like in today's generation um, a lot of people do talk about obedience, but I feel like it needs to be talked a little bit more, more in debt to this generation, especially the growing, the, you know, the new generation coming. I feel like a lot of people lacking of obedience. And I know people tell them like, oh, be more obedient. You need to do this. You need to do that. Listen, obey. And I feel like a lot of people don't know where to start or how that looks like to be obedient to God. So I feel like I hope this message series can be a guidance, more of an encouraging moment, inspirations by the stories that are being told in the series. So that's kind of my idea, my concept for you guys. Um, um, just that seed be planted in your heart and that your obedience be more um more firm with your walk with christ now last week's episode i got to talk about um abraham's obedience i got to talk about his story his kids his wife the servant all of that i got to talk about that chaotic life but then it all turned out well because of his obedience to god and how god was able to reward him with many blessings upon his family so you guys are curious make sure you go check out that episode and then once you're done make sure you come back here you don't want to miss out on today's because today we're going to be talking about noah's obedience the infamous noah that we may all know about but again we're just going to be talking about his story his life and just importantly his obedience towards god so without further ado let's just go ahead and jump right into it <laughs> you can find noah's story in the book of genesis which is in chapter six through nine that is the first book of the bible so genesis chapter six through nine that's where you can read all about noah and his family now, who is Noah? A lot of you may know the infamous Noah because of the story Noah's Ark, which is taught a lot to kids. <laughs> I feel like that is the most, not repetitive, but like repetitive story that are being taught to kids because it's so simple. It can be very easy to tell the kids about this story because of how like simple, to t- how simple it is to talk about it. But I feel like it's not because of the obedience and the consistency that noah did for the ark and again we'll get to that in just a second i don't want to spoil it we get we get in there but yeah again if you feel like this is repetitive you feel like you already know the um noah story and the ark and all this stuff i will still continue out i wouldn't skip this episode because i feel like god will highlight things that he that the holy spirit will speak through me to you and i feel like there are things that are going to be said that weren't said the first time or the second time or maybe the third time you've heard the story i feel like god um places the these things to be said again for a reason you know for people to listen and people to hear it and hopefully apply it to their lives and all that good stuff but i'm not gonna ramble on too much but so let's just go ahead and get into it so noah's family He's from the line of Adam, of course. Adam and Eve, the first two people on this earth, had Cain and Abel, and then their kids, and their kids' kids, and all of that. Then here came a man named Lamech, which is the father of Noah. So Noah is the son, is from the line of Adam, and the son of Lamech. Now Noah's Hebrew meaning, now the name of Noah, the Hebrew meaning means comfort. In Genesis 5.29, um, Lamech, the father of, uh, <laughs> keep saying Abraham, the father of Noah, he says, 
He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. So I feel like what Lamech was trying to say was that um, Noah was going to be the change of the family. That Noah was going to be um, the change. Like he was going to turn things around for him and his family and what obviously what his father has done in the past. Um, Noah had three sons. Noah had uh, Shem, Ham, and Chapith. Shabbath. I hope I'm saying these names right. If I don't, forgive me. Um, I guess English is not my best language. <laughs> but Noah had three sons: Shem, Habith, is Ham, and Shabbath. Which is crazy because Abraham is actually from the line line of Shem. When I talked about Abraham last episode, I did say he was from the line of Shem, which is the son of Noah. Hmm, crazy, isn't it? I don't know. I like cool things. Like I like when things are connected and dots are together and formed and then there's a wow moment i just love i just love the work of god that's all but noah was a faithful servant of god he was known as the most faithful servant of god in genesis 6 9 it says noah was a righteous man blameless among the people of his time and he walked faithfully with god so noah was that guy i feel like if i would have seen noah i'd be like you know what he's who i want to be he has the faith he has the um the walk that i want to walk as well he follows and i want to follow what he follows i feel like he was that guy he was the man of god you know and because of god because god knew that noah was so faithful towards him that he was such a righteous man he walked humbly he was just who god said that we need to be god decided to give him a task of faith and blessings now what i mean by that is again i'll get into it now this was the call of noah okay this is where god had called to noah because as the children of adam started to populate the earth again cain and abel and then their kids and their kids kids um they as they started to populate the earth the humans these people continue to overstep and test god's limits that god placed in their lives it's kind of like when you're watching a toddler or you see your parent disciplining your sibling or a family member and you tell them to stop doing that and they continue to do it and they're like testing your limits okay they're testing your patience even though you told them not to do it, it was a command you told them not to say or do a certain thing and they're like trying to step over that line that's what these people were doing and god was getting tired of it now and this is automatically disobedience okay this was going against god's word this is what god had commanded them to do something and they wouldn't do it and they would test it they would overstep it and he was getting very very uh, he was getting very frustrated about it okay like let's just put ourselves in god's shoes like i would get frustrated too i'm like well, if my kid wasn't listening i said mm, a good poppin wouldn't hurt <laughs> but this is automatically disobedience in the intro of this message series i've talked about um titled what is obedience i talked about what god does to those who are disobedient to his commands and to his word now in the old testament the old covenant god was a savage let me just throw it out there god was a savage like if you did something he was like done disappeared you're gone he was like i have no idea like he would you would literally be like a speck on this earth like you would be gone vanished okay dead pretty much but now in the new testament the new covenant jesus came down for that reason so we wouldn't be a speck on this earth that we would actually have multiple chances because of what jesus done the death and the resurrection god was able to um jesus was able to play that very important role so that we wouldn't be dead okay we wouldn't have to su suffer the consequences of death okay i feel like i feel like god i feel like he's like us kind of not obviously he's not us humans but i feel like we can relate to god because 
if that I would have been like yo back in my day I feel like God was like yo back in my day back in the Old Testament you would have been gone but I feel like he's like but because your son my son Jesus came down I'm not gonna do that to you I'm gonna let you slide but he can only tolerate it for so much okay he can only tolerate the mocking the overstepping for um so for so long and obviously when that time is up he was gone I guess but I feel like that's just, I don't know, that's just all in my mind. I just feel like that all, that's how I'm comprehending things, okay? But again, that was disobedience, what they were doing. Um, they were overstepping, they were testing God. And again, disobedience, that was mad, mad disobedience towards God. God saw that and decided, and because of all that disobedience, God saw that and decided to punish them by sending a great flood. But because God saw Noah's faithfulness towards him, he called to Noah to tell him about the flood. So God was like, in the story, God was like, okay, I'm going to let Noah know about this because he is not part of this sin and wickedness and this whole disobedience life. I'm going to, I trust Noah with this and I know Noah is going to be faithful to what I say. So in Genesis 6, 13 to 14, um, God says to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people. <laughs> Straight up savage. Okay, let's just, I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Now cypress, the Hebrew meaning is uncertain. And then he says, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. In verse 17, jump into verse 17, he says, I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything will perish. Ooh. <laughs> If, that, if I was no, I said, yep, let me go ahead and start building this, God. Don't worry, say less. I would have been terrified knowing that God was going to immediately erase everybody on this earth. That he literally said every creature that has a breath of life in it is gone, is dead, is desperacio, okay? But one thing I do want to point out is that God's purpose in the flood was not to destroy people, okay? It, even though it may seem like it, and that's what the Bible is saying, that he was going to erase everybody Again, let's just go back to what he says in verse 13. I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. So God did not put this flood because he wanted to destroy his creation. God wanted uh, God put this flood because he wanted to destroy the wickedness and the sin. He wanted to destroy everything that was of that. He wanted to start fresh because there was so, so, so much of it back in the olden days, back in the old co covenant. He knew that Noah was not part of that. And he knew that because Noah was not that, that Noah could be the change again. That Noah could turn this thing around. So God gives no that's what I that's what I wanted to point out. That God was not trying to do that because he didn't like the people. He didn't like what they were doing. Again, it was filled with violence because of them. So he needed to erase all it and make Noah be that change the remaking of that so in verses 15 and 16 he gives instructions on how to build the ark god gives noah specific instructions on how to build the cypress the uncertain ark god gives noah the exact measurements on the ark in verses 15 and 16 now the bible doesn't say how long noah took to build the ark but a lot of uh, Gen uh, genesis scholars say that it took him about 55 to 75 years and Noah wasn't a youngin. He wasn't in his 30s, his 40s. He was already past his 200s, his 300s. He was already, again, in the Old Testament, a lot of people lived to a thousand years, okay? 
uh, imagine? I wish I could. But Noah was already past his hundreds and two hundreds, okay? He was already old. Like, he was old, and yet he was over there building this ark, which was, again, commitment. In verses 18 and 21, God then tells Noah about the instructions concerning his family. Because God wasn't going to be like, Noah, just you and only you. This big old ark, this big old boat for no reason, just for you. He's like, um, bring your family. So God was telling him um, to bring his wife, his sons, and his son's wives. And along with two of every living creature, male and female. Because, again, God wanted to erase everything with breath in it he wanted to even erase the animals the birds and everything so he tells noah to not only bring his family but to bring every little living creature male and female god said to bring two of every bird and two of every living land living creature and then he says to keep them alive and then he says oh yeah don't forget about the food noah so god tells him to bring food for him and his family and for the animals as well again to keep them alive that is what god was commanding noah and in the Bible, he's, he says, like, you, not you can or if you want, if you have time, go ahead and get the animals. No, he says you are to bring your wife, your kids, and their wives, and you are to bring two of every, he was like, you are, you are. This was a command, a de declaration from God to Noah. And what did Noah do? In verse 22, Noah did what God commanded him to do. Obedience right there. God commanded him to build an ark. God commanded him to bring his wife, gave him instructions on how to specifically build this unknown, this uncertain ark. Okay, like God gave exact measurements on the width, the height, the the wideness, everything. He gave exact measurements and he needed Noah to follow those exact measurements because that is a tiny bit of obedience. God was like, Sabrina, I need you to cut a two by two, two by two paper. Uh, whatever cardboard whatever and i do a three by four that right there god did not tell me to do that if i did a two by two then automatically that's the smallest obedience that you can make and god is going to reward that it's the smallest things that god needed know what to do and noah was fully able to do it then in chapter seven verses two to three god then tells noah to also grab seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, male and female. Now, clean animal, back in the Old Testament, this is what God tells the Israelites to specifically eat because they were considered clean animals. Then he says seven pairs of every kind of unclean animal, male and female. Again, these were the animals God told the Israelites not to eat because they were considered um, unclean. Then, lastly, he says seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female. And then, Keep them alive. He can matter. You know, uh, make sure you keep these fools alive because, yeah, they need to be alive for whenever this whole flood comes. I'm going to wash everybody away and then you're going to come. So the whole idea, again, if you didn't get it, if I didn't say it, the whole concept was that he was build the, he was going to build a boat. His family, the animals were going to go in there. And then once the flood comes, then they were going to take off into the ocean. They were going to wait out there until they were just going to wait out in that boat until everything was done and everything went Bye bye So, after all that, what did Noah do? In verse 5 in chapter 7, Noah did what God commanded him to do. Again, that's another obedience being played out. God added more on top of his plate. He's like, oh, it's not like you. It's not the ark is a big deal or anything, but I need you to grab seven more animals, uh, 21, you know, whatever. And that was Noah 
sorry that was a no that was noah being obedient to god again like nowhere did it say noah questioned god nowhere did it say noah thought about it or gave it a second thought no Noah was like all right bet cool <laughs> anything else god he's like i'm right here god was noah was just so faithful to god and i love noah's character and i love his story and who he was towards god and his obedience towards him now noah takes everyone and everything that god told him to bring into the ark and then because that was a day because when he was done he, d he got done building the ark he grabbed all the animals he grabbed his family and on the seventh day because the bible says god says seven days from now on the flood will come so after the seventh day that's when noah grabbed everybody and put them in the boat in genesis 7 16 it says then the lord shut them in now what I specifically love about this verse, because I was going to overskip it, but rereading it, I was like, I freaking love this so much. Because it could have said Noah shut the door, or um, his son shut the, Shem shut the door, or Ham shut, or the wife, or, you know, it could have said any of that. But it said, then the Lord shut them in. And that gives me, you know, or people who are reading this, the clarity that Lord was going to keep his, Noah and his family safe. That God was going to protect, protect them. That, that the Lord shut them in, that the Lord kept them in his arms, in his hands. And I'll get to that in just a second. And Noah was 600 years old <laughs> when the floodwaters came to earth. So that says it in the Bible. That says a few verses down that Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came to earth. Now, in the ark, when all of this was happening, it rained 40 days and 40 nights, just as um, God had told Noah that it would um how much it would rain how much the flood was going to come verses 17 23 of um chapter 7 it talks a lot about the experience of the flood like a pov moment for noah and his family it shares um how everything that was on the land was wiped out completely that the waters covered the mountains and every bird in the air was gone because the water was just overtowering it all which is insane i would be kind of scared if i see i don't like tsunamis in general i don't like water like that so just the fact to see the water just overpower the birds yeah i'm like you know what god i'm serving you for life i would i would have been so terrified at that moment especially if i witnessed it myself so pretty much everything and everyone had vanished now in chapter eight we're moving on to chapter eight verse one it says god remembered noah and everyone in the ark so god sent wind over the earth and the waters receded but one thing i want to highlight again is god remembered noah but not just noah but everybody in the ark and then we go back to genesis 7 um genesis 7 16 it says then the lord shut them in so like what's the best example okay one example i can give is like a parent that's cleaning it's like mopping and sweeping the living room or whatever the kitchen and our parents always said, hey, don't go over there. I, you know, I'm busy right now. I need you to I need you to stay right here. Don't pass this. Don't pass this point because I, I'm, I'm cleaning. I'm mopping and I don't want you to fall and break your neck. So the parents, our parents, whenever they're cleaning, they kind of tell us to step away or wrapping presents. You know, like, I don't want you because I don't want you to see. You know, I'm busy. I'm, I want to keep it in. You know, I'm doing my thing. And I feel like what God was doing is the Lord shut them in. So I just picture God putting his arms around the whole ark. And God just had them like that. The Lord shut them in. And God's like, I'll be back. He's like, I'm going to go do what I got to do. I'm going to go handle what I got to handle. And then once I'm done, I'm going to come back to you. And God remembered Noah. He did not forget him. He did not say, oh, yeah, I forgot about the homie. No, no. he remembered Noah. And he pulled. He brought wind and pulled back the waters. 
and let the land get dry. In verses 6 to 12, the same in chapter 8, it talks uh, about after the 40 days and nights. Um, after Noah had been counting, I guess, uh, about the 40 days and nights that it rained, Noah sent out a raven, a bird, to see if the land was dried up, but it kept coming back. So he sends out a dove, but it came back. So to know it was like, okay, the wa the water hasn't left yet. There's no place to land for the birds. So that's how he knew. He's big smart. Because I would have been like, um, what do I do? <laughs> but Noah knew because the birds kept coming back. He was like, okay, it's not ready. The land's not ready yet. Let's just continue waiting. So he waited seven days and sent out um, the dove. And it returned back with olive leaf. So then he knew, okay, the water, the water's receding, okay? He was like, okay, we're, we we know it's it's almost done. Like, we're, we're almost done. We just need to wait a little bit longer. So he waits seven more days. Then he sent out the dove again, and it didn't return. So Noah knew, okay, where the bird at? He was like, okay, the bird found land. The bird found its landing. So Noah removed the covering of the ark and saw the dry land. And he was like, <gasps> everything's gone. <laughs> he was, he saw it all, and he was like, okay. And then God told Noah and his family, including the living creatures, to come out, come on out. He was like, "All right, I'm done. Y'all can come." He was like, "Everybody gone." He's like, "It's just y'all. Y'all safe. I kept y'all protected. I came back, and y'all are ready to come out." So Noah and his family make an altar. They come. Obviously, they come out. They go do what they do, and then they make an altar. The first thing they do is that they make an altar to the Lord, taking some of the clean animals that um that they had, and and sacrifice them as a burnt offering. And Genesis. Which is crazy because that's the first thing that they did. Like, they got off the boat. They said, no, we need to give thanks to God. And I feel like a lot of us forget that because once God takes us out of a situation and protects us from a situation, we forget to thank God. And it's not like we choose not to. It's just a moment where we feel excited. We feel happy that we're bring, being brought out of a situation or we're getting um, brought into a situation that God has prepared us to get into. I feel like we forget because of the excitement and the overwhelming feeling. But we need to remind ourselves we need to thank God every... The first thing we need to do is thank Him every morning, even before we go to bed, for food, for family times, anything. We need to thank God for the smallest things. It went off topic. But again, the altar thing. Genesis 8, verses 21 to 22, it says, God is telling Noah, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. Now, I love this part because, well, kind of, never, because God is saying, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. Now, what God is, obviously God knows our hearts, and yet he still shows his love and his mercy upon us because, because God knew that we were going to mess up still. Even the whole wipeout and the whole flood and bringing Noah down, he still knew at the end of the day that there was going to be sin, that there was going to be wickedness, that there was still going to be a lot of hurt. But then he also knew that there was going to be a man that he was going to send through Mary, that he was going to be born and named Jesus, and he was going to change things around. Because God is just that amazing. God is the, God is just a way maker. He is the impossible. He does the impossible. And I feel like I don't know. I just, I just love the concept of that. Even though he said that I'm never going to do that again. He's like, even though that these people's hearts are so evil, even from childhood, because they start at a very young age. And I talk a lot about that in the seven deadly sins episode. Go check that out. But I love, he talks about, even though it starts up from a childhood, then he says, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I've done. 
As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. So he's just, God is just like, as long it goes by, as things are growing, harvesting, and it's cold and hot, and summer and winter, and it goes day and night, he will never do that again. As long as everything was planned out as he planned it before. Then God, this is when God gives a covenant to Noah. This is A covenant is an agreement, like a like a commitment this is like a promise i guess it's like a promise an agreement that he makes with noah in chapter 9 god blesses noah and his sons and he tells them about tells them to be fruitful and multiply you know and give you know have kids that he's telling them to again be fruitful be because it's just y'all i need y'all to produce and make generations in the family lines in genesis 9 6 god says whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed for in the image of God has God made all mankind. Now, if that didn't make sense, I'm going to break it down. Don't worry. So according to God's command, when a man's blood is shed, there must be an accounting for it because man is made in the image of God. His life, the person's life is inherently precious and cannot be taken without giving account to God. So God was talking about murder, obviously, that god took this very very seriously because we are made in the image of god so he talks a lot about how we should not go off and kill people that we should not go off and murder people okay because they are made in the image of god because god is the only person that can bring us into this world and take us out of this world no other person not even ourselves can take that own life of another person or of ourselves then god then establishes his covenant with noah finally in genesis 9 11 he says never again will i will all life be destroyed by the waters of flood Never again will there be flood, there be a flood to destroy the earth. And verse later on in verse 13, he says, I have set my rainbows in the cloud, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Verse 15, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Verse 17, God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. So, I want to go back to verse 13. I have set my rainbows in the cloud and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. So this is where the rainbow comes into play. And again, in this generation, they take the rainbow as the pride for the LGBTQ and whatever letters they've added on. Um, again, love. I share my love towards them. Do I support it? No. But I feel like it's a sensitive topic to talk about. But rainbow, the meaning of rainbow and the colors red, um, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. I almost forgot the rainbow colors. Was a sign. It was a covenant. The promise. The agreement that God made to Noah and all living creatures. That he was never going to do something like this again. This was an agreement. So the rainbow represents the promise to Noah. The promise to us that he was never going to wipe us out like that uh again so the rainbow colors the rainbow meaning symbol the covenant was taken and turned into something evil but again us christians know the real truth because we read the word of god and that's what it says in the bible so he he tells noah that this is a covenant that you will that i have promised to you and that everyone will remember and that it's a promise between him and the life on the earth which is us the animals and everything else now noah's obedience obviously that was the end of the noah's ark you know that's what god made to noah that he was never going to do that again and then it continues on in his son's generation the the family of their line but my main goal was noah's obedience 
Noah's obedience shows the importance of following God's commands, even when they may seem unconventional or going or or go against popular opinion. Noah's obedience was not easy. <laughs> okay. It was not easy. But he trusted in God's plan and was rewarded for his faithfulness. What I mean by not easy, like the homie built the whole ark. Okay, if you look up in like in Google or if you go to a Christian museum or whatever, you a lot of people demonstrate how big this boat, this ark, this Titanic looking thing looked. It was not easy to build this, especially the exact measurement. And it was just Noah building this. Noah was in his 400s maybe and he was building this whole thing for like five 55 or 75 years maybe a whole century and he was so committed he was so consistent with it and that he made this his important thing to because that's what god commanded him to do and then two of every animal i don't think there was two of every animal laying around his house i feel like he had to go get especially birds the homie had to go catch birds bro like if you really think about it it was the two of every bird, male and female, weren't just sitting around his house. And if they were, then, you know, praise God, God was letting it easy on him. But homie had to go catch every single animal that God told him. And then he told him, go grab seven more. No one didn't complain. No one didn't give second thoughts. No one would be like, you really, you sure, God? Like, you don't want, no. God trusted him with this assignment because God knew his faithfulness and his obedience and his incredible faith in God. And I feel like a lot of people mistake that and don't even think about it about how committed Noah was to this and how it was so hard for Noah to get it, but he was so in it to win it with God. And I feel like when God gives us something, we shouldn't complain. We shouldn't second guess. We shouldn't go against it. We need to do it, even if it's unconventional or not what we want or not what we choose to desire. We we need to continue to be obedient and do it no matter what. And then on the time of the boat, it was probably not easy on the shores. I bet like there was a bunch of storms while they were in the boat or whatever. Uh, it was just not easy in general for Noah and his family. But to build the ark and grab two of every animal and then grab more animals at that. Pfft, uh, props to Noah. Round of applause to him because I don't think I was able to do that. But because of how strong he was and how he trusted and how God trusted in Noah. Because of his obedience and trust and faithfulness to him, to God, God placed blessings upon blessings to Noah and his family. God was like, I'm going to reward you for this hard, hard task that I give, this task of faith. But I knew you were going to accomplish it because I believed and I trusted in you. And God is saying that to you right now, that you need to be obedient. That God is giving you these tasks because he knows you're able to overdo it. That you know, that he knows you're able to fight through it, through the Holy Spirit and through his power and his will. God is trusting you with a specific circumstance that you're in because he knows that you're able to do it. God wouldn't give his strongest battles unless you weren't a strong soldier for him. And he believes that in the circumstances that you are in, he believes that you will overcome it and overpower it. And by the commands he's given you, you will be obedient to it. And I strongly believe that that is what God is trying to speak through Noah's obedience. This is what Noah's story is supposed to teach us. Yes, the whole build of the ark and his family, mainly important, his obedience. And God, Noah still followed God's commands even when it was so inconvenient for him. Even when it was not the most popular opinion. And it was not easy. And he, But God trusted in him. And, God, and Noah trusted in God's plan. He knew God would not forsake him or leave him or abandon him or dismay him whatsoever. He was faithful to it all. And that's where I ended off for today's guy. I know it probably got a little deep, caught, you know, a little here and there. But 
that's where I ended off for today. So for those who are listening, I thank you. I hope that this message, this episode planted a seed in your heart and that it changes your perspective on obedience and how important it is to your life. So yes, you can reach me, um, reach out to me on the social media platforms um, in the description. If you're watching on YouTube, hi. And if you're watching on the Apple podcast, hi. <laughs> but make sure you follow and subscribe on YouTube. And if you listen on the Apple Podcast, make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube channel and everything in the social media down below in the description. Leave any comments and likes on the YouTube so I can hear you guys' suggestions and what you guys want more later on in the future. Uh, Social media platforms, make sure you reach out on that. Any prayer requests, please reach out at any, any time. I'm always here for prayer requests and what you guys need and just maybe just a person to talk to. But again, reach out for any future suggestion episodes. I would love to hear from you guys. Please, please reach out. But that is all for today. I thank you guys. I love you all. I hope that you be more obedient to God (laughs) and that you love him unconditionally with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And that is all for today. Bye, guys. I love you all.